Hello, and welcome to the Hot Plates and Grapes podcast. I'm Aaron Mays, and I have my guest here, Jesse Karen. I'm super excited to have her here. We have bottles of rosé for fun. Uh, she brought a lovely one from Washington State called the Band of Rosé, and I've received mine from Parcells. We have a lovely tacolina. It's going to be super fantastic. I can't wait to try it. It's like a little bit of effervescence, northeast region of Spain, kind of borders France. I'm really excited to try it. So I'm going to start off with first saying, how are you? How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Everything's well? <laughs> good, good, good. Crushing it, killing it. Nice. So I just want to give you the honors to taste. Awesome. So bougie. It's been like months since I poured a glass of wine for somebody. Like, I feel like I need to do like the, you know, let you just see that the whole Ooh. time. Ooh, it's like effervescent and... I don't think you're supposed to say bitter about wine, but again, I'm not fancy, so yeah. I'm going to say it. <laughs> I think with wine, you can say whatever, whatever you like. Whatever I want exactly. to. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. That's awesome. It's really citrusy. It's good. Mm, fantastic. And it, does it taste better that's coming out of Azalto? Out of what? Out of Azalto. Oh. <laughs> you throw me. Is that the name of the yeah, glass? That's the name <laughs> that's of the glass. God. So uh, we had these glasses when we were at Legacy. Okay. And these were like... The best and worst investment of all time. Why is that? Because they would break constantly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We used to, uh, <laughs> I worked at Tria in Philadelphia, and we would have to uh, polish the glasses almost every 20 minutes. There was always somebody standing yeah. by it and doing it. But they stopped letting me do that job because I broke them so many times <laughs> that when I left that job... Somebody broke something. I wasn't even working there. And somebody was like, Jesse did it. And like, put their hands up. <laughs> <laughs> you were the easy culprit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's do a little uh, cheers to you. Cheers. Thanks you for joining me. Yeah. Mm. It'd be funny if I broke it just then. <laughs> so how, how's your family been? Everybody's been well through all this? Like, everything is like, is normal? Like, yeah, I mean, normal, no. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, lucky and good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. That's good to know. So, like, how are you in general adapting through COVID? Like, how's the the adjustment going from, like, full speed to, like, we're 25. We're pretty much we're at 25% right now. I feel like the first couple of months for me were actually, you know, I hate saying this because I'm lucky, obviously, that I wasn't in the thick of it. Um, but it did well by me. You know, I was ultimately safe. Um, I had a really good support system. I had time and energy to like do things that I hadn't before. And I'm an only child. So I'm just like used to being alone and entertaining myself. Oh, that's nice. cool. um, I was watching a Finally cat. paid off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching my friend's cat. So I just did a lot of like music videos. Um, and then I came up with sip tip survive, uh, which ultimately kept me really busy um, up until this summer and will hopefully continue on with that project. For yeah, sure. By definition, you technically made a ghost bar. I did make a ghost bar. That's isn't that, genius. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That's so cool to I've me. been calling like... it a virtual pop-up bar, but that's way better. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're hope are you hopeful for the future at all? Are you are you looking forward to because you told me that you're trying to get this van so you can live on the humble mumble, go across the US. I'm a lunatic during a pandemic <laughs> with like no like very little income because obviously we all lost our jobs yeah. due to COVID, yeah. um, at least in the restaurant industry. Or, like, as you said, people who ha do have their jobs back have it at 25%. And who mm -hmm. knows what winter's going to look like. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I just bought a van. I think I'm going to travel <laughs> around for a little bit. That's so cool. And, like, hopefully keep uh, offering Sip Tip Survive as uh, an option for bartenders to make some tips and 
you know, get through this. <laughs> That's so awesome to me. Yeah. Cause like to me, I'm, I'm just used to being in this apartment. Like I, I have to have a space I live in. Like how dare my take my life on the road? Like, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> listen, I just had a panic attack outside of here. So it's not like I'm making this with a chill mind. I like wish that I could be like, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to have an adventure and see what happens. It's more like, I'm going to do this regardless of how nauseous I feel. <laughs> well, you, you got great poise. It looks supernatural. Thanks. And I, I envy you at the moment. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I've even thought like maybe it'd be cool to like, in addition to Sip Tip Survive, maybe be like batched cocktails yeah. and like bring them to people for like virtual events. Like, oh, you want a, you want a like virtual bartender? I can bring you drinks to make with them. Okay. It was a new idea I had. Don't no. steal it. I'm never, I, I will never. <laughs> <laughs> never. Like nobody's batching cocktails and sending them to yeah, people right that, now. <laughs> that's too, that's too good. I don't have the energy to put towards it. <laughs> I don't. You're naturally an adventure seeker. Uh, you said you're New York based as well. Uh, you're an actor. You're a podcaster. I heard it a couple episodes. It's really great. Uh, and you're a creator that you prolayed your dismay using your podcast of lack of sexual education that launched into a successful YouTube channel. And now you have a podcast series called Welcome to My Vagina. And during this COVID, you said you uh, found a Sip Tip Survive. It's your partial bar, part relief effort, part ghost bar. <laughs> <laughs> You're dedicated to offering support to out-of-work workers and bartenders. You amplify the voices of the hospitality industry. And in three months, you've raised over $40,000, which is, like, crazy. Mm -hmm. And, like, a good friend of mine, uh, Charlie, he did $1,500 one time. And then I myself have done a couple uh, donated to Black Mamas Matter. And I did, like, $250, $300 on two separate runs, which is super great because I would have never got that off my own merit yeah. <laughs> at all. And um, you're currently taking donations for your bubble van. That we spoke about just now, so that's awesome. That's good. Please, what was what was home like growing up? Like, was it restaurant influence? Was it hospitality? What was your, what was your parents about? Like, would you like how how did you go from there to now being a, like a pretty much like an industry person? Person, yeah. Oh God, I don't know. My family's not in the industry. My mom worked on the stock exchange um, at the World Trade Center until we moved to South Jersey. Um, obviously, luckily before nine eleven, um, but. Uh, my dad is a plumber, so there's not really any restaurant industry in there. I would blame uh, Kelly from Saved by the Bell, because I always thought her being a server was dope for some reason. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's really nice. Um, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure she'd be glad to hear that. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think when I was going to college, um, I got a job hosting at Morimoto, and that kind of propelled me into um, working in the industry. I think, you know... As with most people, I went to school for something that I wound up not really enjoying. Mm. Um, and also during the housing collapse. So I kind of just fell into restaurant business. It was fast and easy money. And I could still do all of my creative stuff on the side. It gave me a lot of freedom to do that and travel the world. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm really lucky I did that. Um, yeah. I mean, the restaurant industry has afforded me so much. I feel like I was really uh, not kind in words with the hospitality industry for a long time um, until I kind of looked back and realized what it had given me. That's good. Um, I think there's obviously a lot of issues with the hospitality industry. 100%. As we're seeing now with yeah. COVID. There's, it's, being, it's definitely poking holes, but um, yeah, it's great. It's flexible. Um, it can be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it can be. I would, I would say maybe 40% of it is just total fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've met the most amazing people in the hospitality industry. Like, honestly... Um, and, and also, like, during COVID, it has 
reinforced how much I love people in the industry because yes. everyone just has your fucking back. Like, just no matter what do you need, I got uh, you. You know, like New Yorkers too. Yes, like yeah. we're, we could be assholes until you need something, and then yeah. we're like, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's so true. Yeah. So, like, what'd you accomplish on that on that road there? Like, did you get? Did you work for any places that got like awards? Did you? Acquire certain knowledge. Did you get any certifications along those lines? Did you get your food handlers card? Yeah. So I have a food handlers. I was forced to get tips recently, um, which I think is so stupid. But other than that, no certificates. I mean, Morimoto is a super popular place um, in Philadelphia. They won a bunch of awards. Um, I think they were five star at one point. Oh. I don't know anymore. All sucky sucky now. So, and Trio was cool. I, don't, I think they got awards. Um, that was cool because we had a fermentation school. So once a week we would go and learn oh, about the what? fermentation process um, for wine, beer, cheese. That's um, so cool. Yeah, it was a f- like a free education that I just lost uh, oh, as no. soon as I left. <laughs> <laughs> you have to keep that up, you know. You do, you do. Because even now being so separated from the whole like industry, it's just been like, how do I learn again? Like, Because yeah. before it was so like hands-on. Like before our dinner service, they bring out a crazy ingredient. Like this mm-hmm. is koji. I'm like the heck is koji like and you taste and you're like all right i now know what this is and so when you talk about it, you're interested in like blah 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 like you're at the table you're like what is this i know what that is yeah like it's super crazy and outlandish but it works and i'll tell you why uh, you know yeah <laughs> yeah i kind of miss staff meetings i feel like that's a restaurant thing um and i've worked in bars mostly in the past eight years in New York City, so I've lost a little bit of that because, like, staff meetings, you sit down and you tell the, uh, everybody, like, what it is and you go into detail, um, whereas at bars like Congress, which is an awesome place, you're kind of, like, on your own and, like, they'll send you the information, but you have to be active about, like, learning the product. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's on your own accord as opposed yeah. to, like, you're, you have to know this or you cannot work here. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm lazy, so bare minimum. Just kidding, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> you got through, you know, hey, look at you now. So, like, what was the first time, like, you made like technically you made it like you went from like I'm just a regular employee to like people kind of depend on me like I, I'm a staple here almost like I, I clock in people see me as like okay Jesse's here things are gonna go well like what was that moment for you oh god I don't know I mean I feel like I've always been a pretty reliable person um I think probably in the past six or seven years, like I've definitely become like a solid bartender in terms of like, you know, when I'm on the shift, they know I'm going to show up on time. Things are going to be ready. Money's going to be good. Um, and there's not going to be any like antics. And if there are antics, like I can handle it by myself. Cause, uh, I've worked at a lot of bars where you're the manager, you know, where like if something goes wrong and somebody's like, I want to talk to your manager, I spin around and I'm like, here I am. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I love it. I'm the man. I'm right here. <laughs> um, love it. Try it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like when you're the active bartender, you're the person that's there. So, um, yeah, I think in the past like six or seven years, I've definitely felt like I commanded the bar. Good. For sure. Fantastic. You kind of, New York hardens you up in a little bit a yeah. little bit after a while in certain you gotta have that thick skin you gotta yeah you got to because someone's gonna rattle your cage if yeah. it's not today it's gonna be tomorrow and if it was today it's gonna happen tomorrow yeah like. <laughs> and it, it, it rarely happens like most of the time I don't have anything that's too crazy I do remember it reminded me of this one instance where this guy was sitting at the bar and these like three girls were like I guess he took a picture of them and they kind of freaked out about it. And I was like, dude, you can't do that. And then they wound up both like fighting. And I had to like use my mom voice because everyone was screaming at each other and wouldn't listen to me being like, hey, stop. Hey, stop. Oh. Hey, stop. If you don't stop, 
I'm gonna have to call somebody. And so like nobody stopped and then I was making cocktails and taking orders because it was like a Saturday night and I finally like used my mom voice, which I hate. And I don't mean just a mom voice. I mean my mom's voice. Like time out. Yeah, like it came oh, no, out like of your me. your mother's voice. My mother's oh, voice came wow, out of me. a generational thing. And everyone shut down in the bar. Like just could have heard a pin drop. And like this like six foot seven dude who was being ornery and drunk just went, oh, okay, I guess I'll leave then. <laughs> I was like, the power of Terry. You got quiet <laughs> as a mouse. Yeah. That is so interesting. Way to go, though. That's awesome. That's good, though. Like, you know, six, seven years of controlling something is awesome. Like, mm -hmm. that's most people time out like two and they try to move on. Then they end up being at another level again. But you said, hey, I'm going to, I got this. Yeah. My mother's voice is in me now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't like it. I, I was like mad that I had to use it. You uh -huh. know, I was like, don't make me use this voice. This is a last resort. You did, you did the Luther thing. Like, don't do it. Don't yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I was, like, sitting there quietly, and everyone's screaming at me, and I'm like, it's over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. So out of that, so you had control mm -hmm. of the bar. So people had to have known you over those years. Mm -hmm. Like, what was the VIP experience or, like, the night out experience where you were just catered to? Like, you had the, like, oh, yeah. oh that's Jesse. Oh. Uh, like, uh, garçon, come here. Like, <laughs> Bring out the good linens, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's weird because I feel like the first time, I'm sure there's better ones than the one that I'm thinking of, but it, for me, was like such a crazy moment. I was 21, actually, but I was working at Morimoto, so I had a lot of connections. Um, and one of the managers that had been at my place was now a general manager at Tao in Vegas. And I didn't want to go to my college graduation because I just thought it was silly, so I just bought a ticket to Vegas with like a few friends. Um, but I reached out to him and he was like, oh, he was like, you know, just come to Tao and I'll set you up. And I didn't realize how much he was setting us up. But like we got there and we were all dolled up and there was probably like a hundred people waiting in line in like those red, with the red, uh, help me. I've never been to Vegas. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued No, right like, now. like lines, you know, with the like red, bars and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, just like the, the paparazzi line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Uh, with the paparazzi line, and he, like, caught me walking in with my girlfriends, and we were all, like, decked out, and he went, oh, come over here, and we just, like, walked to the front of the line and walked by everybody and then sat down, and he probably took care of, like, 75% of a meal that would have cost, like, $1,000, oh. and we were just like, what the fuck? You know, like, bottles of shit, and I just, I was, like, 21 years old, and I was like, what's happening? 21? Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, that hasn't happened anymore, so that was a long time ago. <laughs> I've definitely worked at, like, shabbier places since then. Yeah. <laughs> That's super cool, though. Yeah. They're like, hey, you. Come yeah. here. Everybody should be like, oh, man, those guys. Uh. Nothing feels more powerful than somebody being like, hey, you, come here. Yeah. So with that being said, like, how does that compare to your childhood? Did you have, like, a vibrant, like, you always mentioned, you mentioned that you went to Florida a lot. Was it like that? Was it, like, a, a lot of just, like, fun in different zones, a lot of traveling? Uh, <laughs> fun how? Um. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, how do you describe that fun compared to... I was like, are you asking you... if my childhood was bougie? Because no. Yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> Did you have, like, experience where it's like, you could go out and, like, be taken care of, and it's like, ooh, feng shui, like, oh, this um, is so nice. Or was it just more so, like, I we get to what... Disneyland, and that was awesome. I mean, my grandfather took me to everywhere in Florida. So, like, yeah, as a kid, I was definitely, like, I went to Disney World. I went to all the places that every kid wants to go and, mm -hmm. you know, g got to a point where I was, like, sick of it. So, you know that I was spoiled in that in that respect, for sure. <laughs> um but yeah, and we traveled a lot. Like me and my grandfather would travel down to like back and forth to Florida together and we would take road trips together. So that was, that was nice. really cool. Yeah. Wow. That's um, a lot of driving for, for a grandfather. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't think about it until much later in life. 
when I was like, wow, sometimes he would do it in like 24 hours. Wow. Usually we would do it in like two days. Yeah, but that seems about right. Yeah, we'd stop off in like Carolinas and, mm-hmm. and you know, have a pool break and then nice, go. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, my mom and my stepdad, when we were living in Staten Island, were pretty bougie. So I think we got taken care of a lot there. Um, but then we moved to Jersey. Uh, it was a little different. We, we moved into more of a like ranch setting. Okay. And a lot of money went towards like horses and horse racing and that's stuff cool. like that. Um, we all did barrel racing and rodeo and stuff like that. Oh, that's so <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, a little wild side, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. I got bucked <laughs> off for the first time since I was a teenager two weekends ago. Oh, two weekends ago. So that's what? I know. I know. <laughs> I felt alive again. It was kind of crazy. Like I had bruises all down my legs. Oh my gosh. I got gosh. thrown. I, my uh, mom's back husband. back at you like, welcome back. Like, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen you in a you while. You feel that? Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of awesome. <laughs> that's so awesome. Back to Sip Sip Survive. Sure. Like, cause that to me is just so major. And I want to see how your original vision started mm-hmm. with Sip Sip Survive to how it is adapted to now like what was your mission going in how it changed and like what directly affected those changes sure I think when I started out as with everything it's kind of an idea that you come up with and then you're not really sure how to uh go through with it I guess um I think I was seeing a lot of people going live you know we were all trapped in our houses I actually had COVID so I had um I was lucky I had a place to stay I was watching my friend's cat so I was there for like two weeks Um, and you go a little crazy, which sometimes gives you good ideas, which I got. Um, and then also I think I had, you know, every time I see people showing you how to make cocktails online, it has a tendency to be a little pretentious. So I had had that thought before COVID where I was like, it'd be cool to have like Brooklyn based or, you know, not just Brooklyn based, but like regular bartenders. There's a spectrum of bartenders, right? There's like people who like the beer shot bartenders who are just as awesome as the like crazy cocktail makers, um, just in different ways. And so, um, that combined with, uh, all of us being stuck on the unemployment lines, um, and my friends and me just like all kind of connecting over the phone and being stressed about how we were going to survive and being pretty mad that there is no economic protection for Sip Tip Survive. Um, and so somehow that idea like evolved where I was like, you know what, let's like go live like a telethon style thing for a few hours. Um, We'll make the feed a recipe book so that people can like follow along and then we'll go on and we'll just have a good time. We'll like chat with people. Um, It'll be like a community builder because we were all obviously very isolated. Um, And so it it started really small in terms of me just being like, I'm alone and I want to talk to people, but also I don't know how to make money. So like maybe if I have some people come on and we, we chat about cocktails. We can like get people who still have their jobs, you know, and kind of spread the wealth around, like throw, throw a dollar at your bartender. Who's always been there for you. Um, you know, we've cleaned up your vomit. We've like (laughs) celebrated with you when you got married or you got divorced or, um, got that rental lease, you know, like the hospitality industry is a really crazy, awesome neighborhood support system that I don't think we give enough to, you know, and I don't think I even realized that until the end. Like, we're a really important thing for people. Like, when you, most people have had their best and worst moments in bars and restaurants. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I just, it was just kind of a way to, like, spread around the wealth. I had a lot of friends being like, hey, if you need money, I know you're in a really weird place. Like, it's not your fault. It's just, this is how it is. Right. And I wanted to work for it, though. So, and and I also wanted to entertain myself. So, it was kind of like, 
I have a I have some sequins. I have some cocktail mixers. Like, <laughs> let's see what happens. And I uh, corralled some of my friends, some of my like, thank God that they're always willing to like <laughs> throw me a bone and kind yeah. of like do <laughs> things that I like my crazy ideas. Uh, like Rebecca, who yeah. works with me on Welcome to My Vagina, was yeah. like, sure, I'll be one of your bartenders. Like, no problem. What do you nice. need? Nice. Um, she's always such an amazing, like awesome friend in that way. Um, and I just kind of thought that we'd have a good time and maybe make a couple bucks. I was like, if we make 40 bucks, I'll feel, I can like afford groceries. Nice. Yeah. And in that first day I made $550. Rebecca made like four fifty five hundred, And then the boys made like almost a hundred or something like that. But I was like, Oh, cool. People are like willing to help other people. (laughs) I know that's like so (laughs) simple, but like, I don't know. It was just really, it felt really good during that time to have people who are like, I'm okay right now. So let me help you. And to also work for that to like, it's entertainment, right? And you're teaching, you're educating. So it's not like your friends just giving you money for nothing. Right. Um, You worked for it. You put effort into it. Um, The fear of the unknown is crazy. Yes. And to know people are behind you in a tough time can like almost bring you tears of joy almost because like you feel like almost you're alone, but you're not alone. People yeah. are like, I see you. I know you're there. Yeah. I will help you. Yeah. It was like a couple weeks in and I called my best friend crying, like sobbing, crying. And she was like, oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, I'm so happy. And she was like, what? And I was like, I don't know. It's working. I was like, I'm like, like, you know, it's nice. I was like, you know, my bartenders are making money. I'm, I'm tearing up. <laughs> you know, like I was like, I just thought that people would make like a couple bucks and be able to like afford groceries. And now it looks like it will help people pay bills. Yeah, you know? like, for sure. It'll support them enough for like a couple of weeks to yeah. like get by. Um, because unemployment wasn't coming through and we were all screwed. Yeah. Um, and that is where the whole with unemployment is, is like we couldn't even get support from bars or restaurants, even if they wanted to help us. Yeah. Because they're also fucked. Right, right. And that's where it transitioned in a really great way was because I think when unemployment came in, um, I mean, there were still out of work bartenders and like Florida didn't have unemployment. But what was nice is that, uh, well, not nice because I hate that we had to transition to that because of several things, but I think when um, everything happened with Black Lives Matter, what was really nice is all the bartenders, as always, stepped up and was like, cool, I have unemployment now, can I donate this back? Um, and so it transitioned in this really beautiful way of like people being like, here's a charity that I wanna support, um, here's a bail fund that I wanna support, like keep these protesters on the ground. Yeah. Um, so that that is how it kind of naturally transitioned, and I, I think we're going through another transition that I'm still trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah, but you're adapting well, and yeah. I think you're moving in a way that's different than most because mm-hmm. it seems like you're being proactive as, a verse, as, a, as opposed to um, reactive. So, like, you're established. Like, you were featured on uh, <laughs> CBS 8 Live. You mm-hmm. were Barbie's, Barbie's Magazine. You've gotten some uh, bartenders from Momofuku, like some mm-hmm. pretty great people that are, like, have stopped and noticed, and you have a national spread like yeah. the fact that you reach California from That's New York it. just based off Instagram is major. Yeah. Like that is so cool. Like do you stop and think about that sometimes? Like how far it's reached? I, I do. It's it's kind of overwhelming in a great way. I, I make this joke all the time and jokes are obviously drenched in truth, but I was like, I'm not used to things that I do being successful. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I'm obviously always waiting for the other shoe to drop, but I hope it doesn't because Um, you know, I, I, obviously it keeps transitioning, but I think there's always a need for something like that. Um, and so I hope that there's always a way to like, to support a community with it. Um, you know, obviously I, you know, I had conflicting ideas about it because it was like, oh, if people don't need it, then 
everything's fine, you know, like yeah. COVID's over or like there's nothing to support. But I think the reality is, is there's always going to be something to support. Right. And so I hope that this can be a platform for that. So during that, did it ever get ugly? Did it ever get to a point where you're like, I kind of just want to just be done with this. This is just. I think most people have, a, have like a slight fear of stuff like that. Like, I think we're all a little afraid to fail. So absolutely, I had that feeling. I think everyone does when I'm like, this is going really well. So I have my moments where I call Sophie, uh, my VP, and I'm like, it's dead, it's over. And she's like, it's not over. It's a slow week, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I never really want to quit, but I do have moments where I'm like, is this even like, what? like, why am I doing, you know, like, is, is should I keep doing it? You right. know, like not why, because I think there's always, there is a reason for it and I think there's a need for it. Um, but I think there's always that like fear of failure 100%. kind of thing where it's yeah. like it was doing so well and is doing pretty well and I wanted to continue so. So the fear of it not doing well in the future has me be like, well, I'm just going to quit, but I never will. I, I have yeah. a tendency to like force myself to be like, nope, I'm just going to hustle harder. Yeah, that's what, you know? that's what it's all about. That's what makes great people. Like, even the best will say like, I want to pull the plug. Yeah. But I didn't. Exactly. Something then you just kept going. Some yeah. kept some like autopilot. Yeah. Like you just kept moving and he, look at them now. Yeah. So you take one day to like have be self-deprecating and yeah. then the next day you get up and you hustle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And nothing great comes without obstacles. Nothing great comes no. without nothing easy is Nope. <laughs> if it's easy, I kinda don't want it. I, I kinda right. need a little <laughs> Yeah. I mean like some trials we had and tribulations. Such a slow week this week. But then I like went, I spent like probably a whole day just like recruiting, recruiting, recruiting and next week is full. So nice. it's just about putting the time and effort in and just like, yeah. The car can drive. Yeah. But sometimes you got to stop and get some gas. Yes. I needed Sou- gas. Southern parables. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so out, out of all that, so it seems like you have something really great here in Brooklyn. Like it seems like you can almost be stationary. Mm-hmm. Like. Oh, the van. Yeah, yeah. Like, how how did you now, like, felt comfortable enough to take Sip Tip Survive and move it to now a mobile, kind of mobile platform? Oh, I don't feel comfortable. Um, <laughs> but I think um, I'm terrified, if I'm going to be totally honest. I think, I think I've been pretty stagnant for the past couple of years, um, and that's really bothered me. And I think this just kind of – this was just a moment for me to kind of force myself into taking a risk. Um and seeing what happens, because I, I love New York, but like New York is not New York right now, um, and I've always wanted to do something like this, and now feels like the time. Like I am afraid that we're not going to go back for another year, but I think realistically we probably will not be normal for a year. Um, I work in music venues, so I don't foresee me having a position there anytime soon. I don't think that people are getting hired for bartending, which has always been something I've depended on. Um, and so there's, I don't know, there's something about not being super stoked about what place you're in and just like, I don't know. I, I guess I just kind of was like, what can I not do remotely? What can I not do from like Yellowstone Park? You know, I want, I kind of wanted to live by myself, uh, which I've never done before. I really want a dog. I wanted a backyard and I can't do those things in New York. It's so tough unless you're in Westchester, Red Hook, somewhere deep yeah. off in the... Yeah. The lands. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, well, I could live out of a van. I'm, I'm a warrior. Sure. I have like a warrior and a princess list. So like what I need and what I don't need. Oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I honestly, at the end of the day, I feel like I just want to take a risk as scary as that sounds. Um, mm-hmm. Because boredom is like 
the death of, I don't know, passion. It is, yeah. Because once you find yourself like content and like, yeah, I'm good, stationary. Like a lot seems to drop off. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like uh, I've had this conversation with the restaurant people where like we seem to tend to age slower. Yeah. Um, you know, and I feel like there's that's because there's a little bit of a like free spirit or like. Uh, I don't know the way that the way that our nature is mm-hmm. based on what we have to do. Yeah, and I think also there's also an influx of like young people, mm-hmm. like you and I, who you know were they come into a place with nothing but their passion and a, you know dollar and a dream. Yeah, and and they're just like you know that rubs off on older people, so they have no choice but to kind of like yeah work with us because we're in the same space. Right. So it kind of I guess brings you mature. They don't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they they kind of stop. They, you help them not like yeah. stop maturing, so it's great. Like yeah, I you know I think at the end of the day, like I want I, I have a tendency to like, I'm like chaos. I feel like I'm contained chaos, and like mm-hmm. I like to push boundaries, and I haven't pushed boundaries in a while, and so I think that was like me being like, let's make you super uncomfortable and see what happens. That's good. Step out your comfort zone. Only great things come from step out your comfort zone. Yeah. You gotta walk outside the box sometimes or yeah. the bubble. I gotta make a drastic change. You got to, and I, and I and I second your notion on doing Thank so. Thank you. Yeah. So at this point, I like to take a little like a little breather, a little relaxation, you know, let the wine kind of do its thing. And we can we're going to come back and we're going to talk about New York and its inspiration and what brought you here. I'm so excited. All right. So we'll be back in a couple minutes. Cool. All right. The wine enjoyed on this episode was provided by Parcel Wine Shop a curated wine shop and online retailer with nationwide shipping curated by a team of New York's finest sommeliers located at 511 West 38th Street in Hudson Yards, New York City. Subscribe to Parcells Wine Drop, a new delivery service featuring three hand-selected bottles for $95 per month. Also, check out their pop-up at 632 Hudson to taste the wine and enjoy delicious eats from Chef Ron Yan. Parcel, wine for every scenario. And we're back with the Hot Plates and Grapes podcast. I'm Aaron Mays once again, and I have Jesse Karen, good friend and awesome person. <laughs> Does Sip Tip Survive and also wants to take on the world in a van and just crush it. <laughs> I'm, I'm super pumped for all this. Let's get back to sure. NYC. We're here. We're live. We're direct from New York. So let's talk about how New York features in your career. Mm. Does it inspire you? Does it keep you here due, due to inspiration? Is it opportunity? Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's a lot of things. I think with most New Yorkers, there's like a love-hate. Like you love New York and you can't see yourself leaving, even though I'm about to. Um, but I always see myself coming back. Um, you know, I was born here, but I moved down to South Jersey and went to college in Philly, and I think I always knew I was going to end up here. There's something about like the ambitious nature of New York City that's like kind of hard to... I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's always drawn me here. Um, I think I've, the only other place I could see myself potentially living is California because I'm a really active person and I like doing outdoorsy stuff. But I, every time I think about it, I can't imagine myself in a place that's not a Northeastern mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I've been conditioned to be an efficient New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> and there's certain levels of respect <laughs> that right. you have to like have. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things that have drawn me and kept me here. Like I've made a lot of connections that I, I don't know how I would 
how I would have managed without this. Like, I mean, it's both, you know, uh, New York, there's a draw to New York for everybody. New York is the place you want to live. And I've always wanted to like make it and live here. And, um, and it's comfortable to me as comfortable as New York city can be. (laughs) Um, but I've also made again, like great networks. Uh, you know, my producer for more banana productions, Caitlin has been like essentially my like business Sherpa. Um, I think she's also a reason that sip tip survive even kind of came about because it made me be like, Oh yeah, I can do this. Nice. Yeah. Um, New York is just a beacon. Like I was saying earlier, like I love New York. I I think also during COVID, like nothing, there's nothing like New Yorkers. Like I feel like we were getting a lot of shit for how we shut down and how everyone quarantined and was very like, we're doing this. Like this is happening. Yeah. And like, obviously we were late. Everyone was late, right? In the US. But Mm -hmm. like when New York was like, oh, we're doing this, we fucking did it. Did it, yeah. And like, I always forget so I am really glad that this was a reminder of New Yorker badassness and respect and support because like they I I just remember like walking outside and everyone had a head nod for you but it was like if you were walking the sidewalk with somebody they would walk across the street um that's how New Yorkers are like we're doing this we're gonna like obviously we're annoyed by it but nobody really complained about it right yeah no way it was just a hunker down yeah get through it help the people you can and then like be fine, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's We want to get through it as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> like we want, trust me, we want to get back to normalcy as fast as possible. Yeah. And one thing you can't do to New Yorkers, really, I find, is break that routine. Totally. And, like, you, we broke the routine heavy. The world yeah. broke the routine. But, yeah, we were like, okay, we want to get back to this routine. Because right. that's what we were... This is That's New York. It's, and it's the flow. all people to have to, like, break that rat race, that meant a lot. I yeah. think that was a lot more than we give it credit for. But, like, to watch New Yorkers all come together and be like, nope. Yeah. You know, and, and the, there was a little bit of like annoyance because a lot of people left for those two or three months. Right. And they came back and things got a little more lax. And it's like, yeah. okay, we've been doing this was fucking hard. Yes. Like, I will never forget this. If I have children, I'm going to be telling my fucking grandchildren yes. about how I heard a fucking ambulance every 20 minutes. It yeah, was daunting, you know, <laughs> and you do what you can. You cry in the bathroom with your glass of wine and the cat and you sing songs to it, you know, like that's, that's what we do, but we don't complain about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it all comes down to respect. Like, it's just those, like, subtle respect things yeah. that, you know, like, I do remember the first month being like, wow, like, if you had to go outside, it was just the way that people interacted with you was so beautiful. Yeah. You know, like, I, and 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 it sucks because, like, you, you know, it sucks that it can't happen all the time. But, like, I got to know people in my community because we all slowed down and it was very much like, what do you need? Yeah. I know yeah. I keep repeating myself, but, like, I just, no. I have so much love for that and it makes it's kind of like after sandy or after 9-11 um new york gets a bad reputation for being um assholes but i (laughs) i have never been in a place where people can pick up the pieces the way that new york does right i mean but it's a hospitality thing on both ends hospitality is not one one one-sided Right. It's about you walk into somebody's house, you should be hospitable as well. You should take off your shoes when you get to the front. Yeah. Like ask if you can go to places in the house. Yeah. You know, don't ask for too much, but also be you know, super respectful yeah. stuff. So it kind of helps tie into this next question. Sure. Like, does the hospitality of New York keep you here as well? Does that have a good draw to it? Is there a certain like expertise, a diversity of cuisine, certain style, certain language used at tables that keeps you more intrigued with being here as opposed to anywhere else in the world. No, absolutely. Cause I think, I don't think that I would get away with a lot of the things that I get away with in New York city, but I like that because I think I have a lot of trouble with how 
there is a level in the hospitality industry that it's like this, the customer is always right. Uh, because I think that that sometimes, because the customer is not always right. No. And um, I think that sometimes that, that puts servers and bartenders and hospitality industry people in a really bad position. Because if you're being a piece of shit, then you need to be told that you're being a piece of shit. Like if you came into my house and like took a shit on my floor, I'd kick you out. 100%. I'm saying that I, I've seen somebody do that on in a bar. You're kidding. No. I, I thought you were just pulling a rabbit out, nope. of, out of a hat. Mm -mm. But no, no, no. Wow. No, 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 no. Saw some, <laughs> and, and it happened on a surveillance cam, but they walked in, walked to a, like the arcade room that was empty while the bartender was working, took a shit, and then walked out. So like stuff like that happens and the customer's not always right, you know? There's um, no way you can be correct about that. Right. <laughs> there's and no there's way. obviously smaller <laughs> examples where people are just being rude and nasty to a server or a bartender. And I don't think that that stuff should be allowed. You're coming into this house. You are a guest. I want you to have a good time. I want you to like have fun. But like I'm not your therapist. I'm not like here to like do you give you a pedicure like you I want you to have a good time and enjoy yeah. your food and like I'm not gonna tuck you in at night yeah I'm not gonna tuck you in at night you know it's just so not gonna happen I think New York affords me a little bit of that kind of opportunity to be like your shit stinks yes and that's awesome it's yes New York will humble anybody yeah and but it's I, great I prefer that experience yeah. I don't want to I don't want to go into a bar where people are being lunatics and have the bartender not be able to say something right. to them. Right. Um, and I'm that, a paying customer. Yeah. Great. That's awesome. Great. Go somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Buy a six pack and go home because people yeah. hate you. Right. You can do all this <laughs> reckless stuff. Not here. Right. But it, it also translates into like the problem I have with the customer is always right is kind of what's happening right now, actually, during COVID. Um, because I, I am not lucky because I don't have a job, but uh, I don't I, I'm not in the service industry, but I obviously have a lot of friends who are and what they're going through a lot right now. They're putting themselves in danger mm -hmm. um, and they're putting themselves in a position where people, we already had to manage so much and now we have to manage people keeping their masks on when we come to the table or like if you're talking to us at the bar um, and that shouldn't have to be our responsibility. That That is, that's such an addition to what we already have to deal with and a lot of bartenders or servers don't have the option to not work so they're putting themselves in a in a scary place and so for you to not have respect enough to like go through the cautionary things that you should be doing yeah. is the most disrespectful thing that you can do. And it's all for a dollar bill. That's yeah. what kind of blows my mind the most. All for a dollar bill. Yeah. Shouldn't be a thing, but I understand what it, what it means to go to a bar and like leave your house, do something with people. I get that. That's very important. But at the same time, like if you're going to be out, just be smart. Like, yeah, just, like, just be smart. Don't act like, oh, because we're now comfortable in this environment, we can go without it. Yeah. Even outside of danger, like, there's like a certain level of trauma that I think people are kind of neglecting right now. Like even if you're potentially health wise fine, yeah. there is, I think if you were here for the first two or three months in what happened, a lot of people are still dealing with like, oh my God, you're too close. Or like, oh my God, it's too many yeah. people. So like, I just, was afraid to breathe the regular air. Yeah, I was like, I can't take my mask off until I get to my house and wash my hands. Right. Face is covered in sweat. Yeah. Mouth is just super moist because everything's just locked in. Yeah. And I'm like, I will not take this mask off until... I get into my exactly. house and wash my hands. But now it's like, I got the hand sanitizer. I walked in, it's like, whoo, thank God. Yeah. You know, but that's, th that's three months after. Yeah, it's so like scary. Getting groceries to me was like stressful. Oh Throwing my God. gloves on, like <gasps> I'm changing gloves every time. I, I bring a hundred pack of gloves with me to go grocery shopping. I had hardware gloves. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> just trying to be dog, just worried. And like I see an old lady and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I can possibly kill her without even knowing Oh it. my God. Yeah, I know. You know I was like, so afraid to like infect somebody else. Yeah. But before all this crazy cuckoo COVID stuff, your best New York experience, I have to hear it. Uh, you, you, you explained to me a week ago that you have an arsenal, but I just got to hear one that's just going to give me a showstopper. New York offers like a lot of opportunity for chaos. Uh, I don't, I, you know, like I, you know, when you asked me that, like my good memory was actually when I was a lot younger with my mom, mm -hmm. uh, because she would take me into work a lot and we would ride the bus in. Um, and then I would often fall asleep on her cause I'm not a morning person, but then we would like, uh, she would, uh, she was a stockbroker. So we would go and I would play on like all the computers in like the nineties. That was kind of a big deal. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I had my favorite people, Adi and Cedric, and, like, one of them would pick me up and throw me into this, like, basket full of paper. Because oh, yeah. there was just constant, like, that's how they did did it all back then. And, like, there would be this pit that you would go into. Yeah. And I would go and, like, clean up the pit from all the papers that all the men were throwing into the <laughs> middle of it. Um, so there's that for, like nostalgic thoughts that's good um, that is that is a good experience yeah it, it's like very it's like one of my most vivid like Lifelong. kid memories yeah um and then for one of my trashy older memories um the first one that came to my mind and i'm sure i know that there's worse than this uh but it was like my first birthday in new york city um i was a babe in the woods and i like tried to plan my birthday but i didn't have that many friends yet and I had a friend come up from Philadelphia and I got just trashed and self-deprecatingly sad um <laughs> you know that like nobody could hang out and then uh I was in heels that were probably like six inches high wow, and so stunting. yeah and so it was like me and I had grabbed one friend from New York and this guy from Philly that I was friends with and we were walking down the stairs at this old I think it was Mercury Lounge no I don't know. It was somewhere with a downstairs. Uh, yeah, no, it was downstairs, like a downstairs thing, a metal downstairs. And I was walking down and I was already like tearing up for something stupid. Uh, and I clipped the end of the stair with my heel and I fell down the stairs, but I missed all the stairs on the way down and fell head first into the brick wall and like blacked out for like a couple seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you can laugh. <laughs> Oh hilarious. my god! I was literally like, "Okay, I'm trying to." Right, and so they had to like pick me up and bring me over to the couch and like sit me down. It wasn't Mercury Lounge; it was a place with the downstairs. Yeah. Uh, they had to bring oh me over to the couch, god. and I was like crying, and like I had like a softball-sized oh. fucking. Uh, it's like a Looney Tunes. Oh, like, it was oh it was so ridiculous. I have a picture of it. And God bless my friends, because this is like the total Northeast version, like how, why I love people is like, they finally got me home and I was sitting on the floor crying oh with like God. half purple hair, eyeliner running down. I had like, a, again, a softball sized bump on my head with like blood spatters on it. And then my knees were all fucked up from falling down. Oh my God. So I was just sitting and it looks like so, what's that? Artist, like, like it's my party and I'll cry if I want to. I had like a big poofy oh, dress on. Is that, is that Miley? No, like Leslie Gore or something like okay, that. Okay, okay. It's my party and I'll cry if I want to. Oh, nice. I just, 
it was just it's that was, a such good, a, that was a good reiteration but like i was on the floor crying and my friend just took a snapshot of me and mm-hmm. started laughing because it was so hilariously That's sad funny. <laughs> it's funny but it's like i feel so bad for you because like yeah, I mean, I'm, he felt I'm bad worried for about me, but your he frontal lobe. Also laughing at me because I was drunk, and he's like, "You're gonna be fucking fine. Just like relax." Yeah. But then we woke up in the morning, and and both my fr- both my friends were like, "We probably shouldn't have let you fall asleep. You might have had a concussion." Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying I'm so worried for your frontal lobe and just everything else. Just like the, your yep. b- brain's in this jelly fluid. It's just ding ding ding. Yep. <laughs> like a pinball machine here. in your head. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that was so. Hilarious. So that's definitely like top five worst for sure. We, me and my friends, bring back the picture because I look. Hilarious. Like, oh. it's so sad. Like, there's just blood all over my face. Oh, no. <laughs> war stories. War stories. Oh New God. York war stories. And you're the, Bartenders. the streets. You donated. You made it like a noble sacrifice to the streets. I've grown up. I've right. grown up. Right. So, <laughs> how, do I, how do I move on from this? <laughs> I told you I had an arsenal. That's, That's not good. even. Oh, my gosh. So, all this, all this person, all this of who Jesse Karen is, mm-hmm. the Sip Tip Survive. Wants to go to Finn. She has softballs on her forehead, uh, forehead from falling downstairs. <laughs> Out of all this that ties you together as a person, like, wh- what do you bring to the table that's different from everybody else? Is it your work ethic? Is it your mindset? Is it your approach? Is it your own personal voice that's shaping everything that you're doing? Or, I think, you know, the one thing for me is that, like, I've been most successful when I just do it. Like, that's what I kind of try to tell myself is, like, you're. it's never going to just happen. Like, you can't wait for it. Like, tomorrow is, it's worthless. And it's not worthless, but, like, you can't be like, I'm going to do this tomorrow. Um, or I'm going to do, do this next week. Or I want this in five years. Um, if you want it, you just have to fucking do it. And, yeah. like, I most of the things that I've been successful at, I've just, like, you know, like, Sip Tip Survive. I was like, oh, I think I should do this thing. And then I convinced a few of my friends to do it with me. And then it just snowballed from there. Um, the van, I'm, again, terrified, but it's like I just keep moving through the steps of being like, okay, I'm terrified, but this feels right. You know, like, even when it doesn't feel right, like, I know I wanted it. Yeah. And so, like, that, I just have to literally, like, keep taking steps into that fear. Yeah. Um, and just doing it, like, calling the loan office and yeah. then, like, figuring out next steps. And, yeah. like, I think... The thing that if I if I'm gonna be nice to myself for a change is that I think <laughs> I like to go after the things I'm afraid of. Good. And I think when I don't do that, I regret it. So I think when I'm afraid of something, I force myself into it. Yeah. No matter how uncomfortable it is, and that's the only way that change happens is yeah. to just for yourself, for the world, for everything. And so I think, you know, I used to be afraid to just get on a plane and so like I go and I used to be afraid to surf and I still am because I'm fucking terrified of sharks but I make myself do it yeah. even if I'm terrified in the water yeah. so you're saying so pretty much what you're saying is like some people who want to do something just do it just fucking do just it do it but you have to be willing to be embarrassed um I, I'm still not doing the there's you know I, I have a fear like I really want to be an actress and I think for years and years and years I've been too afraid to do it and it's the one thing that I don't touch and that's my fault you know like you have to be willing to embarrass yourself mm. It is okay to be like, if you can laugh at yourself and be like, okay, I did this thing that looked fucking stupid and just do better next time. That's how you get better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just do it. That's what's like up. Like Nike said. I'm, I mean, you're inspiring me right now. <laughs> I'm like, what have, what have I not been trying to do? I should, I should freaking do it. Like, yeah, yeah. What, are you kidding me? Like, I'm about to just get more, I get more, more moxie, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, need, I need more. That's what life is. It's yeah. the challenge, you know? Like, stagnancy really bugs me, so... I think that's why I'm making a really crazy change right now is I don't like to be stuck. I don't like to be trapped. So like I try to push the, I love pushing boundaries. Yeah. 
um, I've been made, um, I had a, a therapist who was like, I feel like you're just trying to push boundaries. And I was like, why shouldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> is that, break is there the, something wrong the with mold, that? You know, <laughs> yeah. Hey, yo, I, I lived as, as a kid and I heard, you know, you're a superstar. Break the mold. Like, yeah, that's huge to me. Like to me, that still sits to this day. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to break that mold. You're right. I'm a superstar. I'm going to do that. Like, hey, now you're but a rock star. Like sounds so cool. Yeah. Until you're doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause like breaking yeah. the mold is not a fucking easy thing to do. Like no. with welcome to my vagina. Like I guess I started that six years ago when I started that people were like, what are you doing? Why are you talking about this? Like, you're never going to get a job. Oh, like, wow. how dare you have, like, Whoa. talk about, you know what I mean? The like 1960s? What the heck? I, I mean, yeah, but I was, you know, I didn't think of it as bold. I just was kind of like, I want to talk about this. I want to have fun. I want to, like, you know, I had I was not getting acting jobs, and so I was like, I'll make my own thing, and, like, this is what interests me. But I was talking, I was doing raps about cock rings, you know, <laughs> and my uncle essentially, like, stopped following me and doesn't talk to me in That's eight years. That's you know, but like weird, but, but I'm rough. proud of that. Like, yeah. oh, if you're not comfortable with it, fine. Bye, bye. I find it very informative. Yeah, I find it great. I was like, whoa. Yeah, I got my little pencil pad. I was like, <laughs> I need to see episode all these episodes. Like, I feel like I, I'm about to be whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Killing the game. Like, I know all this information now. Yeah, got it from the source too. Right. Not just like other guys talking about it. This is from the source. Totally. And that's I'm the people so I listen to. You know, yeah. I listened to people that I respected who were like, yo, you're this is awesome, and you're pushing boundaries. So like, you have to listen to the people who are. Who are that? Who are yeah. like, this is great. Don't listen to the naysayers. Nice, nice. You know? So, like, when did you feel it necessary to... I know you said, like, when, when you're, uh, we were acting, you weren't getting all the stuff, and you were like, I got to just get my voice out there. Yeah. Was that the moment for you to, like, I need to get my voice out there? If I want to do it, if I want to be somebody, I now have to take charge. Nobody's going to give it to me. Yeah. Was that that moment for you? Yeah, that was definitely, like, a moment where I was like, well, I'm not... I'm auditioning, and, I, and I'm... You know, I have a lot of stage fright. Not that you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> now yeah I would have never called it (laughs) (laughs) um but I have a fair amount of like stage fright for acting in particular and I think you know I would have a lot of stress auditioning and so like this was a way for me to be like let me practice this with people that I feel safe with in my house or like outside with and like just have a good time Mm -hmm. um and what that did was give me confidence and it but it also put out product and it allowed me to do my dream um and you know now potentially have the confidence to like go out there. So it was, yeah, it was a way of me being like, I'm taking control of this situation. Um, and if I can't get these jobs, I will make a job. Yeah. Which is also a to survive. Exactly. Do it. And that shows a lot about your character. Like, yeah, you, you're just going to take it. Like, yeah, I it, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to take it. And I feel like I've been getting that energy from you because as of recently, ever since it's tip tip survive, I've been more, out there doing a little bit more for myself. Aww. So I, I like to give credit That's to you. That's so for nice to hear. Because yeah, you did it out of, out of nothing, out of thin fucking yeah. air. Like, Aww. you did it. So I'm like, okay, you know what? That's possible. A lot of things are possible. Yeah. I'm blushing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thank you for that. Of course. So like, um, what's, I, I know you mentioned your next steps, but like really, what do you want to do from here? You want to do Sip Tip Survive more mobile. Are you trying to be more on a, like a visible presence? Or are you trying to, trying to be more from the behind the scenes? Like, how, how high do you want to go? Because I feel like you can be a mogul. You could be um, on the front pages. You could be at the top. Yeah. Do you see yourself there? Um, I mean, I am my mother's daughter, so I'm born to be in the spotlight. Uh, but <laughs> born, <laughs> born for it. <laughs> Stage fright aside. Right. Uh, but no, I, th- I think with Sip Tip Survive, yeah, I do have a tendency to fall behind the scenes. Like, I stopped doing shifts. Um you know, I did a lot of the and the the news things because I, you know, it, it was it's going to be me or Sophie uh, essentially, just because we know the most about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like doing that stuff. I, I like the energy behind entertaining. I love, if anything, like 
at the end of the day, I love making people laugh. I love entertaining people. Yeah. And so like, it's hard for me to not, but when it comes to like sip, tip, survive, as far as like bartenders, I want to be on the back end of that. Like I kind of okay. want to promote it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm definitely down to do a few shifts, but I, I kind of want to uplift uh, the hospitality industry and I'm ha- more happy to do the, the back end on that and do my entertainment stuff in a different path. Cool. Yeah. Se- kind of separate the, a little bit. The yeah. A little bit. That's good. Yeah. Because I think versatile, I like it. Yeah. Because I, I think if, you know, where I want Sip Tip Survive to go, me being on the back end will hopefully be like a part-time, if not full-time job for me. Um, and if I could make enough, you know, money to survive off of that and also find and support all of the hospitality industry that I possibly can, then I don't need to take money out of that tip jar, you know? Like, I want that money to go to the people who are being highlighted for those shifts. Like, that's not for me. Um, And so, like, if I ever do a shift, it'll most likely be because uh, I'm destitute in a van somewhere or (laughs) (laughs) because I want to donate to something. So I want to offer this last bit of time to, you already plugged in a couple (laughs) <laughs> I want to give this time to you to plug in everything that you're doing, everything that you're about, sure. and just let you just fly off the handle with um, anything that you want people to know about at the moment. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Uh, yeah, obviously, follow Sip Tip Survive on Instagram. Um, please tip your bartenders. Everybody on that feed, their Venmo is uh, there for the taking. So, like, donate a dollar. Everything helps. Uh, if you want to support Sip Tip Survive, that Venmo is also available. Um, because we do a lot of work for free yeah. <laughs> and it helps and you can go there and always like learn a cocktail to make. So like if you go there and you see a cocktail that you like making, like please tip that bartender. Um, again, a dollar is fine. Uh, yes, I guess I'm trying to think if there's anything else with sip tip survive, but I think that's mostly <laughs> Instagram. Uh, you can follow welcome my vagina. Please listen to our podcast and our YouTube series. Um, and teach your children about their genitals. Uh, <laughs> in a good way, not in a creepy way. If you need editing services done, more Banana Productions. Uh, if you want me to watch your dog on the road, Jesse loves dogs. And if you want to support me in my van life and pay for a gas, <laughs> my Venmo is Jesse Karen. <laughs> oh, that's so lovely. Well, Jesse, I do got to say, it's been a lovely interview. Like, this has Thanks. been so great. I really do appreciate you. I find this is like a very important, you know, episode to have, very mm-hmm. important person to have them with me. I benefited a lot from your point of view. Aww. Taught me a lot. I, I believe I'm just going to start doing stuff. Like oh, I've yeah. been doing stuff, but it doesn't feel like I'm doing enough. And I feel like you've encouraged me to take more leaps and more and just break the mold. You know, Yeah. that's that's like the I feel like that's the thesis of the whole it conversation. Is, yeah. Just break the mold and just go for it. I also see you as somebody who gets shit done. So that's like oh, awesome. You. I like you're like. Everyone can salute. always level up. Salute, salute. Yeah, we're, go- <laughs> we're going for that, yes. We're never settling for less. This yes. is just the beginning. Always go up. Lovely. We like to end out every podcast with um, a good cheers from you, mm-hmm. and then you can take us out with a three, two, one clap. Jesse, I'm going to pour a little bit more for you. That actually concludes the bottle as well. Look at that. Oh, damn. That's Nailed good. it. That's good, though. If we did more, who knows what would happen? It's true. I know. I feel like I was very ambitious getting the second bottle. I like it, though. I really do appreciate that. Yeah. You know, that, that really means a lot to me. Hospitality. Yeah. Both sides, I guess, you know. My mom like, definitely told me that I always had to bring things. Yeah. To a household. You can't just bring your, like, you're not enough. Your presence is not a blessing. <laughs> like, your presence is not a presence. Only Kanye West can do that. <laughs>
some old school things that I abide by. Yeah. That is definitely one of them. But how did you enjoy the wine? Was everything it was good? Delicious. Was it good? Yeah. Did it, did it pair well with the conversation? It did pair well with the conversation. Good. On point. Very effervescent. Very bubbly. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. It works both ways. I would say that table. Like, I'm very effervescent. They were like, that only means bubbles. I was like, bubbly in personality yes. also. Thank exactly. you, Cas- <laughs> Caspar. <laughs> Caspar. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to raise my glass to you, Jesse. Thank you for everything. I appreciate you. Thank you. And your cheers is to... Live a life in motion. By Jesse Carone. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Lovely. All right, Jesse, now take us out. Okay. Three, two, one. Ah, did we do it? (laughs) We did it. We did it. That was nice. (laughs) First time's a charm. You see, I'm I'm a veteran, so it was easy. I can reach.